It's been like, it feels like it's been like, oh, it's a shadow. It's been so long, it feels. It has been so long. Do you like my light? Yes, I'm but I almost like... feel like it's like, oh, like, yeah, but that made no sense people... to anyone listening, but. No, it does, oh. it does feel like, like, huh, like it's a lot. Yeah. And I'm okay. just a little impressed, but also not so happy with how clear your camera is. It's far away. I know. We're good. Hey, everyone. We're good. Okay, go. Um, It feels like it's been so long since we've done this. Because it's been so Dude, long. Yeah. How long? So, it's, we didn't record for two weeks because last week you thought you had the Rona. Mm, mm-hmm. What was the reason before? Oh, I thought I came in contact with the Rona. This Rona shit is so annoying. And it's like, honestly, at this point... <laughs> I'm sorry, this is, shouldn't be said, it's not funny. But if one of us gets it, let's just get it together so that we can stop delaying. I just want to be like... We have fans. <laughs> this is... We yeah. have fans. This is really, like, inappropriate to say. My mom's going to text me as I say this and yell at me. But Do like, it, Tracy. <laughs> Tracy, don't. But I genuinely feel like I want to get the Rona. Just so, be done with it. No. Well, yes. Oh. Okay. But I just want to be left alone for two weeks. Like, I just want, I want to not work. After this week, I could do a solid week of just sitting. I know that <laughs> I'll be sick and, like, it won't be fun. Right. But I just want to sleep for as long as, as the possible. world will allow me Maybe to it'll sleep. let me catch up on the 23 years of not good sleep. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. That's how I feel. So, like, this, like, coronavirus shit is really, what's the word I'm looking for? It's scary. And it's, it's really real. scary. And it's, it's real, real. real. We're acting like it's not, but it is. It's but very real. It's really annoying me. Like, that's so, like, <laughs> like, seriously, I feel so inconvenienced oh, with, like, poor you. No, the whole world has problems, but, like, that's really what it sounds when we say it. But. I really feel that way, though. Like, I feel like there are so many things, like, okay. Prime example. On Thursday of last week, I was supposed to get a sleep study done. Oh, you can go. No, I couldn't go. So it's like, I haven't been, I haven't been sleeping since I was 16. (laughs) And I'm like, finally. Just a couple years behind. Yeah, just a few years. And I'm like, finally, I'm like, I'm going to go. I'm going to do this thing that I was supposed to do years ago. Figure out what's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And then I end up maybe almost sort of getting the coronavirus and all that thrown out the window. And now it's weeks booked out and now I have to reschedule and I'm like solid this is fun it's not it's, spoiler tired. alert it's not fun I'm tired of it yeah you know what else is crazy like I'm not gonna be super opinionated on this topic just because I know everybody feels differently but the election right now oh I don't want to die about it I want it I don't die about it's it. like the coronavirus I just want it to be done Get- it over with. I just want it to be done. Let's just count this shit. Figure out the final result. Have you seen the memes? <laughs> They're funny. The, the ones memes. about Nevada. I shared like a whole album. Oh, on my yeah. Personal. I locked. I, I locked them. I, I, lo- I looked I at them. Locked them. Yeah, no, I liked them and looked at them at the same time. Oh, they were so funny. And they were really good. <laughs> Me and Jason sat there and just scrolled through every single one. They're of all them. funny. It was good. I've seen so many of them. Uh, okay, let's look at my notes, because this is supposed to be organized. Are we ever, ever, oh. ever going to be organized? God, no. 
There you go. Okay. Things that I want to see. I do good when I write down the stuff I want to talk about instead of, well, sometimes I'm okay at winging it, but. I am bad at both, so. (laughs) (laughs) It's like if I write it down to talk about it, then I'm like, I want to talk about this thing. And then I say the thing and I'm like, that's what I wanted to say. Thank you. And then it's like awkward. But then if I wing it, then I'm like. And you like stumble on the words. Hello, everybody. I think we should maybe, um. Today we could talk maybe about some stuff. <laughs> and it's never a good balance. No, it's hard because it's like you don't want to sound robotic by reading. That's not the biggest challenge of this whole podcast. Mm-hmm. Is like balance. Do I read it? Do I wing it? Because when I wing it, I feel like it's bad. But then when I read my notes, I feel like it's bad. So I just <laughs> always feel like it's bad. So let's have some confidence for once. I'm trying to. Speaking of confidence, oh, so that's actually literally my number look one point. No, look at you. You're so smart. I did that on purpose. So we just reached over 800 downloads. I think we're at like 820 now. That shook me. Which is like, and you, we've talked about this before. I was like, is this braggy? Like, should we not share this? But I feel like we should share it. It's a proud brag. Yeah. It's not like a... It's not like a, we're so cool. It's 800 downloads could be my family downloading (laughs) 20 episodes. Me me accidentally clicking on it a lot. (laughs) Yeah, like, I've accidentally done downloads myself, so it's not that cool. But it feels really cool, like, because I'm really just proud of how much we've accomplished in such a short amount of time. It hasn't been long at all. We started the first week of August. Okay, I'm like... I yes, cozy. I gotta get a See, lot that's why I positioned it so that like we can just sit. I feel like I was looking that way, but like not looking at you and like yeah, <laughs> making it look like I was trying to look at. You. Anyways, I'm just back. trying to like have this saying? be like all in the background. Oh, for the people who aren't even gonna know what's going on right now, our Patreon subscribers get to watch this live. Sorry, they get to <laughs> look at all of this oh, as all it's of happening. This. So the people that are going to be listening to audio might not realize that we're currently on camera and it's really it's weird, but uncomfortable <laughs> right now. It's pretty much just our, my family, like thanks, watching. So thanks Celia's family. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the support. But we reached 800 downloads. We're really proud of ourselves and it feels like an accomplishment and we're, I'm hoping in the next two weeks we'll be at, like, a 1,000, which is, like... That would be really cool. That's, that's a like, big number. That's an achievement. There's a column in that number. And I counted, like, the different countries just because I like to see, like, how many we're in. Just because yeah. I think it's crazy. And we just hit 16 different countries. Who are we not in and how can we get them? I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm trying to get, like, more of the European countries mm-hmm. by doing, like, more European cases, which is really, really fun because I don't know a single... European like every time I do a European case other than like the Madeline McCann case and like the it's all new it's so new like our next episode that we're gonna do um the case I'm doing is on like a kidnapping from Germany and it's so good and I'm like I never would have known about that if we wouldn't be doing this podcast there's a ton of cases that we've done I've learned a lot doing this that's not even just about like murder but about like this is gonna get cheesy. You didn't mean to get cheesy. <laughs> but like it's like about like committing to doing this like yes. hobby. Because like I've never really like put a hobby as a priority. Yeah, no, me either. I, it's always I always give up. Like I like <laughs> I have hobbies like photography and stuff like that and I enjoy them, but they're more of like they've always been recreational, you know yeah. what I mean? And this has been the first thing that I've like committed to and taken seriously for any amount of time at all. Yeah. Because I give them the things I have to. Bored of stuff. So. 
same. I think everybody's like that to some extent, yeah. though, you know? So, but, speaking of our live stream that we're doing right now, which is making me uncomfortable and itchy, but also, yeah. but it'll be good. Like, I think that it'll be good because it'll give our Patreon subscribers something different. different. Yeah. yeah. That's not like the same general recording. We're not promising good. We're promising It's not going to be good. <laughs> But it'll be there. So it will be available. For people who don't know, Patreon is a really, really cool site that allows people to support artists and musicians and podcasters and all these different types of like artistic a endeavors. Lot of things I didn't know about stuff. until Crime Junkie. Really? It's the first experience I had with Patreon. Mm-hmm. And I remember like binging every single Crime Junkie episode that there was and then being like I need it. I need more. <laughs> so Patreon's a really cool way to like get more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's what I hope that ours will be eventually. It's like a system of like extra. Yeah, like bonus. Even if they're shorter, they're not like super long episodes. Maybe it's just one of us telling a story or there are super quick stories that we heard in the news or something like yeah. that. Or I was thinking maybe our bonus content will be like suggestions from people. Oh, like shout out. Yeah, like shout out. Like somebody gave us a story. We looked into it. It's crazy. Yeah. Like So that's like the goal. And then I think like doing the live streams, like to me, it's so far it's awkward, but it's not any more awkward than just starting the podcast in general, which right. fucking sucked. <laughs> it's, it's always so bad. <laughs> There's no good way to start, you know? No. You just gotta. Yellow. Right through it. It's me. So. Patreon is how we want to turn this podcast into something that we can not even necessarily like profit by any standards, but be able to take anything that we make and put it back into the podcast. For example, sustain like, it. yeah, it wants, I need it to be sustainable because it's like, this takes a lot of time, more yeah. time than I think people even understand in terms of like Prep. being active on social media and prepping, researching, finding quality information making the recordings, editing the audio, like, it's more than I even think I anticipated it to be. But it's been good, because it's like you said, like, we're finally sticking to something and doing something that we like. Yeah. And it's turning something that, like, I already liked doing, like, researching true crime and watching documentaries and finding interesting Into something you can, like, make. I don't know. That sounds silly. No, it's true. It's like, not an art, but it is an art in in a a way, way. because it's storytelling. Yeah. And it's... It's something you can work. show for your interest. Yeah. It's pretty, it's been fun. So Patreon is the method that we want to use in order to be able to like monetize that in the form of like getting better podcast equipment. Like that's something that's been bugging me a lot is we're kind of capped at this like quality of audio. Yeah. Because we have a $30 microphone and you're going to get $30 quality out of it. Right. So that's like. That's why I'm pushing so hard for things like Patreon and stuff, because my goal is to be able to produce something that's, like, quality for people. Yeah. That's not, like, subpar, because it's something that I Because the stories already are. <laughs> yeah. The research and the stories are subpar enough. The audio, at we least, should make up be good. for something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, what else did I want to chat about? Oh, we're finally on Twitter and ooh, Instagram. Ooh. As of, like, the last two We got retweeted. Oh, my God. That made my my day. I literally, like, I got the notification, and I was like, I'm sorry, what? 
we got retweeted by another true crime podcast, which is fucking huge. I have binge watched it like hundreds of their episodes. Sword so and Scale. Good. It's a pretty dark podcast. Like Sword and Scale is not for the faint of heart by any right. standards. But sometimes when you just need to hear it all, they will yes. tell it to you. Like every single gruesome detail that you secretly want to know. But also like you're like, ah, I didn't need to know that. You regret <laughs> yeah. having heard it for sure. Yeah. It's a quality podcast, and so... It's so good. I tweeted at them because I saw this article on one of the cases that they did, but it was completely unrelated to Sword Scale. Yeah. And so I retweeted it, like I did a quote, yeah. and I said like, hey, I totally heard this case on at Sword and Scale. You guys should totally listen to it. And I was just like doing it because it's Cause a really good episode, them. and I yeah. love them. And we got retweeted, and I'm like fangirling it's like that. Like the Kim K of true crime. <laughs> Literally. Like, my favorite murder, crime junkie, sword and scale, are, to me, like, top three yeah. quality true crime podcasts. I really like last podcast on the left, too. I, I like haven't even started them, but I want to. They're really good. That sounds They good. can be really chit-chatty, so it mm-hmm. depends on what kind of mood you're in, but I, I like it. That's good. it's really casual, like, but it's also really good information. That's at good. The same time. That's, like, the best balance, I feel like, mm-hmm. is, like... Because to me, like, people talk shit about my favorite murder for the chit-chat. I fucking love the chit-chat. I think it's hilarious. And sometimes when they start telling the murders, I'm almost like... Tell me more about you. Tell me more about your day. (laughs) Seriously, like, I listen to them and, like, depending on my mood, I'm, like, bored by the murders because I do this so much. You know what I mean? Like, lately we've just done it so much. That I'm like, yeah, cool, cool, cool murder, but you yeah. guys are fucking funny. Like, keep yeah. talking, please. Yeah. So that's goals, but I don't think we'll ever be that funny. Hopefully somebody will ever, like, think that we're entertaining in that way. But if not, at least we have the murder. At least stick by. we have the murders. And that's something that I feel confident about. Because I fucking love this shit. Like, yeah. I want, I wish I could make a career out of this. Maybe one day. That'd be cool. And even if not. That's cool, too. fucking fun pastime. There was a girl who tweeted, actually, speaking of Twitter, the true crime community on Twitter, in terms of, like, podcasts, are, like, the nicest people I've ever met. Oh. So, I made our Twitter, and then I started- I'm so, like, not Twitter-friendly. Like, me, I just don't tweet. I don't Twitter, I don't tweet. I don't, I don't Instagram. I went through phases I'm where, like, old. I didn't- <laughs> I haven't touched Twitter in, like, a year yeah. until I made our podcast Twitter. And now I've been, like, Jason literally made a comment the other day. He's like, you're on Twitter a lot. And I'm like, it's my podcast. I like it. <laughs> like, I started following all of these different true crime podcasts that are itty-bitty like we are. Mm-hmm. And, like, they, like, share my posts and stuff. And they, like, it's... we got a shout-out on one of so them. So much love based on so much death. Seriously, <laughs> it's, like, a whole community of people that are doing the shit that, like, we're trying to do right now, and we're all just, like, trying to do something we enjoy, and they're all, like, sharing each other's tweets and retweeting them, I and they're tagging that. each other and stuff. That's so cute. <laughs> it's the cutest thing. So, like, of our, like, I want to say it's, like, 100 people we're following, like, 90 of them are true crime podcasts that are just like ours. Like, they have, like, a few hundred people. No. It's the cutest thing ever. Same. They're so nice. Um, okay, what the hell else do I want to talk about? Holy shit, okay. There's a true crime documentary on Netflix that we have to watch. Okay. And I've said this before, but this one looks fucking crazy. So it's called Carmel, Who Killed Maria Marta? 
So I watched the trailer for it and it looks fucking crazy. I've never heard of any of this. It's like I'm making this up. I mean, they're speaking some form of Spanish of some kind, so I want to say that it's... I'm, I don't even want to guess, because I'm going to guess it wrong. I was going to say Argentina, but I don't think that's it <laughs> at all. I'm it's, pretty sure it's like Costa Rica or fucking something. some shit like that, like more Central America. Mm-hmm. But it's this case about like a young woman, and it got hugely publicized back then. And based on the trailer, I don't know a ton about it, but it looks like some, there's like some potential like... Maybe not wrongful conviction, but, like, wrongful suspicion Ooh. involved. And it looks fucking good, and it looks really well done. What's so, that? I watched the trailer earlier today, and I was like, what the fuck? Because my mom texted me. Because we shared it, which, granted, I don't... I I share so much shit on our Facebook, because I want to share, like, true crime news mm-hmm. for people who, like, maybe don't always see it. Yeah. So, anytime I see, like, a cool true crime news article, I share it on our Facebook. And I've shared something about this podcast about this like documentary without even watching it but now i've seen at least the trailer and it looks so good we should watch it let's do it i really want to i'm in i don't know if it's like a series or if it's like one uh, like yeah like one one and done (laughs) yeah one and done but it looks good and then another one that i actually just started watching today that i wanted to recommend is called roll red roll And it is a deep dive into a sexual assault case that happened in, I think it's pronounced Steubenville, Ohio. And it was in 2012. So I didn't finish it, but like, let me just describe the fucking opening scene of this documentary. And like, before I even say this, understand that this is a documentary that should not be watched if you're squeamish or if you are sensitive to the topics of like rape and things like that. Because it's basically about this young girl, I want to say she's a high school student who goes to a either a high school or college party and she gets sexually assaulted and like grotesquely by like a group. And the whole beginning of the documentary is a bunch of dudes literally laughing and joking about raping. They literally say shit like she's so raped right now, dead body. If this gets around, you might go to jail. And as they say, like each thing, like dead body, they all start laughing because she's like, so like under the influence and that's Ew. how they're referring to her. And then they say, like, we could go to jail for this. And they all just start laughing. Like, it's a fucking joke oh, to them. Oh, God. That's, like... Okay, so, like, I don't know if you have this, but I have this. Um, You have, like, one certain thing about true crime that just gets you. Mm-hmm. Like, just doesn't make sense in your brain. And it makes your, like, the you wheels and the cogs together. just, like, they don't turn their rusty <laughs> it doesn't make sense no what is your your thing like that because mine is a hundred percent like group crime yeah group crime group crime just doesn't make sense like how do you get more than one person on board with nasty stuff like i don't get it. how do you get like like when the ones that we talked about with the the scream murders the oh, two of them God. how do we get them how did two together people agree to do to something like say, that? yeah, that sounds like a good time. We should kill our friend. How do we get like the and to go murders? Through? Yes, I can like, see like hypothesizing, I like <laughs> yeah, I can't. But, but see. okay, but that's still not okay. But I'm just saying exactly. That, like, I can see like talking about it in like a funny casual because we like we're into true crime, so we'll be like, how would you murder someone? You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, definitely. Or like uh, I joke about wanting to be murdered all the time. Like if I yeah. get murdered, I better be on Dateline. Like, <laughs> yeah. but that doesn't mean that I would actually ever a realistically want to be murdered. Plan it. Or if you murder me, or are 
attempt to murder me, like, I will fuck you up. At least I'll try. Yeah, but, you like, pissed. you say things and you don't ever, like, really people, mean it. Yeah, you don't. But how do, how does it ever happen that two psychopaths meet and just, like, like the Clutter family? Oh, God. How do they, like, oh, my God. I think a lot of it is, like, like, for this example in particular, in this case, like, of this documentary, it seems like these are, which I still don't get it. This is not to make it any better, because it's not. But it seemed to me like none of them even, like, understood the magnitude of what they were doing. Like, maybe they did. And, maybe and they just didn't just, care. Or who knows? Guess, yeah, maybe it's easier to feel like they didn't know or they didn't understand because they were kids. Because in theory, some of them were children, per one. se. Kid, kid crime. Kid crime. Kid just crime. Just sex me up. <laughs> rape in general, like, in this form, like, in terms of, like, this would probably be qualified as, like, a gang rape. I don't know that for sure because I haven't watched the documentary. So all I've heard is that audio Mm -hmm. and I don't actually know how many people were involved or what's going on. So like I call it gang rape, but who knows what it was. Either way, like to take something so serious and like laugh about it just kind of shows like their ignorance of like what's happening. Nothing hard has ever fucking happened in your life. Like for you to be able to joke about this and like something serious and something traumatic and something sexually related for you to be able to say like, on a recording, which I presume is a video. Probably. And joke about it, all I can think is, like, nothing in your life has ever been fucking hard. Like, because if it had been, like, you if you had ever truly, be like... be able to empathize or relate or, I mm-hmm. mean, not necessarily relate. Yeah. But, like... Take it seriously. That any of this is bad. That's how I feel when people talk about, like, talk down about anything, like, even, like, political even, like, on the grand scheme of things, of, like, just people suffering in general, is it feels to me it's, like, those are people who haven't ever really experienced what it's like to go through something like that. It's, like, for me, for somebody to, like, joke about rape or something, like, being a young woman and, like, the statistics of the sheer number of women that have gone through something like that is, like, fucking disgusting. disgusting. Yeah. But the men that joke about it, that, to me, that joke and that partake in something that fucking heinous is like you have no idea like what it's like you have no idea what it's like to be like yeah. taken advantage of you know and this documentary like i probably watched 15 minutes of it and it it's really good like because it it sounds to me like it's one of those cases where something awful happens to a young woman and she's blamed for it and it's like well how do we come to this conclusion like they did a they literally did an interview with like these two high school girls. And I think the point of it was to be like, these are, this is a real high school opinion of the case. They were like, I mean, I think that what the boy said was wrong, but I also feel like to some extent she needs to take responsibility for putting herself in a position that was not safe. And I'm like, honey, you're too young to even understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. Yeah. You've never experienced something like this. I mean, we hope. But well, we, yeah, we hope. But to say something like that, like, she needs to take responsibility. I'm like, I don't care what you've done. No one deserves that. No yeah. one. There's no responsibility. No one sets themselves up to experience something that disgusting. No, not at all. And I'm sorry, but, like, to me, being drunk is not an excuse for anything. Any type of behavior towards you, any yeah. 
that's not your fault. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Like I want to finish it. I didn't have a chance to today, but like just that fucking opening scene, like listening to these dudes mm-hmm. laugh about so it. Yucky. And I'm like, how? And that makes me, it makes me question if they're like, this is, this is too far, but it makes me question if they're like real people. Yeah. Like how do, do you, you have really function? feelings? Do you have like the capability to think like a person does? Well, they had or... a scene like later on, like, cause obviously now they're older cause this mm-hmm. was 2012 and there were some dudes like that were on the same football team. Cause it's a bunch of football players, which not stereotype, but like that just makes me want to throw up in general of like, in terms of just like sheer, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like they're athletic individuals, and mm-hmm. so, like, to be able to take advantage of somebody, to me, feels easier when you're, right. like, an athletically fit kind of person. And you always hear these stories about football players, and I don't think that that necessarily means anything in terms of football players, but it's it, it's just hard for me to listen to, I feel like. And they showed this scene of, like, these football players that were on his team, which I assume is, like, the suspect involved, and they're like, that's my boy. That's my boy right there. Oh. And I'm like... What? Well, your boy is gross. Yeah, like and maybe you had a real Maybe you should sit down with your boy and like have a real talk about. Maybe just to reevaluate your friendships real yeah. quick. And, and to me, like that attitude of like that's my boy, that's cool, like that's not a big deal because we st- we're brought like they literally said we're brothers, and I'm like, my eyes just rolled so far. <laughs> Seriously, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just gross. Like. I don't know. I feel like who you support, like if you're friends with somebody that can do something like that, that, that kind of says a lot about, about you. you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's just, I don't, I don't like it. So obviously that's like a really grotesque documentary, but it's, it's, we should watch it. It's good in the sense that it's like, this is, I wish it wasn't, but this is real life. Like this is the way that it can be sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like that's important to understand, like, especially how girls can be towards each other, you know? Disgusting. It's tough. So, that's my recommend date. That was Netflix. We kind of just went off <laughs> a little bit for that, but Netflix got some good stuff, apparently. It's good. Okay, okay. I gotta read you my notes. Like, it's like, okay, this, okay, this is fine, because it goes into my case. Wait, are you going to go first, then? Oh, do you want me to or not? I don't care. Mine's just shorter, so what do you think? We'll do mine first, son. Okay. That way, like, I can keep an eye on time, and then it, I can cut mine short if do we you? don't have enough time. That works. You know I don't mean? care. I just want to see. Okay. So, um, how do I explain this? We talked recently in one of our episodes, I think it was two or three episodes ago, about, like, how did we get into true crime in the first place, mm-hmm. in a way? And I talked a lot about Dateline and stuff like that. Yeah. And... I realized, like, as I started thinking about what case I want to do, that that's actually not true. Like, Dateline was a portion of how I got into true crime, but the story that I'm about to tell you is legitimately. It's the one? This is the story. The story. This is a special moment. I heard about it, so I might be making this up because my memory... Do you ever have memories? This is so off topic, but (laughs) do you ever have memories that you're not sure if they're real? Yes. A thousand percent. It's a lot from when I'm younger. Yeah. Like, you're not sure if you really remember it or if you remember the, like, the way you dramatization that your brain created or the memory of, like, what people told you happened and then you, like, made up this movie in your brain and you think it's real. Absolutely. Yeah. So, this story... Now, this is what I think I might be making up, but I'm not (laughs) sure. But I heard... 
I heard my friend, so I had a friend in high school, her name was Brooke, and I want to say that either she told me about it or her mom or something along those lines who told me this story about this girl who got kidnapped. And then I heard that there was a book on it. And I was like, what the fuck? Like that. So backtracking, <laughs> when I was a child, we talked about the fact how I watched scary movies way too soon. Yes. And I was traumatized like I was going to be kidnapped. So that was already a fear that I had of being kidnapped and just the fact that that could happen and yeah. how fucked up that is. And then as in my high school years is when I heard about the story. And it's okay. a story about a young girl getting kidnapped. So it, was so like, it hit deep. It hit deep. It was like the <laughs> manifestation of like all of my Your fears. greatest fears. Yeah, my greatest fear. And I was like, holy shit, that fucking happened to somebody. Like, and I need to know like what mm-hmm. that was like. Uh, regret because it was, it's a fucking traumatic Oof. and traumatizing story. But it's important because we can preface this because it's such an old case that most people are going to know it off the top of their head anyways she's alive and she lived through that which on the one hand is traumatizing and awful but on the other hand there are so many cases of so many girls who do not live through something like this and who go missing and their families look for them and they're found in a ditch somewhere and that's oftentimes it feels like when a young girl goes missing it feels like the the authorities have this attitude of good luck because yeah. the statistics are good. Go well. Yeah. And her mom throughout all of this, like refused to believe that mm-hmm. she was like, Nope, she's still alive. I feel like I wouldn't know how to react because I wouldn't want to like give myself too much hope to like hold on to this thought. That's like never be in happen. denial. Yeah. But I also wouldn't want to give up. It's like about like, you wouldn't even know. There's no do book you're there. for that. Like no? to walk you through like, When's the appropriate time for me to, to give accept. up on the missing fucking yeah. child? Like, there absolutely isn't. not. So it's hard. It's kind of like in any case where we, like, dig into, like, people's forms of grieving. And it's like, there's no appropriate way. There's no appropriate time to give up on a missing kid. There's no appropriate time to give up on a missing significant other. And so it's so hard when, like, people dissect, like, grief in general. Because I'm like, who fucking knows? If... If Jason went missing, I could be, like, a fucking lunatic because I think I know shit. Like, I think I know true crime, and I've read all these stories, and I've watched all these interviews. Like, I could ask questions that would make the police be like, Um, (laughs) can you please go sit down and just breathe for a minute and let us do our job? Definitely. (laughs) So this case, a lot of people probably know it. It's the case of J.C. Lee Dugard. Um, It is... Basically out of a horror movie, in my opinion. It reminds me of the Elizabeth Smart case a little it's bit. It's very... When J.C. Dugard was eventually found, which we obviously know she was based on, like, the media, Elizabeth Smart made a comment on it. Like, oh, she I literally commented on it and basically said, like, all positivity here, like, whatever she's going through, she's going through. We all just need to be supportive of that, like letter B, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that was coming from obvious firsthand experience. So, so let's talk about JC Lee Dugard. So it's June 10th. It's 1991. JC Lee Dugard is 11 years old and she's probably a lot like most girls are at that age. She's a happy girl. She loves to go to school. She loves reading. She loves her mom and she loves her cat and her cat's name is so fucking cute. It's monkey. Oh, I think that's just the sweetest thing ever. 
So she lived with her mom in the Lake Tahoe area of California, and she would walk to the bus stop each morning to get to school. So I used to walk to school every single day when I was in when I was in elementary school. <laughs> I would walk to school, and sometimes I would do it alone, like yeah. ten years old, like walking to school. That's something that, like, now I look back on. Scary. And I'm like, how? Like, how do people still, like... I'm going to walk my child to her desk, pick her up from her desk at school, not allowed to leave her seat unless I know about it. Seriously, like, it's traumatizing to think, like, I saw some kids down the street in Syracuse, actually, that were, like, just two young kids. They probably looked, like, six and eight, maybe riding their bikes down the street, and I'm like, I understand, like, the mentality there of, like, we live in a safe town, but that's what everybody fucking thinks they live in a safe town, until something fucking awful happens. Yeah. And maybe I'm just being paranoid. I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah, like, <laughs> Because you gotta, you gotta let your kids live. Yeah. But. But then it's so hard. Because I think about, like, I mean, I, I rode my bike around town all the time. Yeah. And was fine. True. But. What if? <laughs> what if? So this whole story of J.C. Lee is literally like the definition of the what if. Like, good. This is what could happen. So, granted, we're talking about this like it's a horrible thing to do, but she was only walking to the bus stop every day. She wasn't like walking all the way to school. So it's 1991. She lives with her mother, Terry. I want to say her last name is Proben. Her stepfather, Carl Proben. And her young half-sister, who was actually just born the year before, so she was an infant at the time, and her name is Shayna. Oh, so that's cute. Based on my research, JC didn't have any interaction with her biological father. I got a ton of my information from the book that I read, written by JC Lee Dugard. Oh. A Wikipedia article, and then a couple of um, live interviews done on ABC News after she was found. So that's where oh, most cool. of my info comes from. And the Wikipedia article said that her father's name was Ken Slayton, and he didn't even realize he had a kid. Oh. So. It so probably wasn't him. Oh, uh, no. He actually was a suspect, though. Funny enough, because he I mean, had makes to sense. be. Yeah. yeah. It's like a male figure in her life that had some motive, maybe. Right. Maybe wants the kid back or whatever, but. Yeah. So, probably wasn't him if he didn't know she, did, like, even was alive. Exactly. So. I want to say that he found out, like, after this whole case happened, like, that's how he found out, was being interviewed That's kind of a police. scary way to find out. Isn't that, like, traumatizing? Like, yeah. Like, not knowing you even have a kid? Yeah. So, I never really found anything to say if, like, this affected JC, but I would say maybe more on the not, because she didn't even know that he existed and he didn't know she existed. Yeah. Um, but nothing says that, like, this is ever Did she, like, think Carl was the, her real dad, or, like, she, she just wasn't? really there yet she wasn't to well, care i mean like i don't know if she cared i feel like there's a certain age that it starts to really affect you yeah like when you see your friends talking about it or something yeah like yeah um she wasn't close with her stepdad that's something that's actually like a point that's made is like oh, weird. she wasn't super close with them but she literally like adored her mother like Aww. so it's the morning of june 10th jc's getting ready for school she wants to look nice that day so she decides to wear how fucking cute is this she decides to wear her absolute favorite pink outfit. It is pink tights with her white t-shirt that has a pink kitty cat on it. Oh, that's cute. And she, like, can you imagine, like, when you're, like, 10, 11 years old and you're, like, getting ready for school and you're, like, I look so cute. Mm -hmm. Like, putting your cutest outfit on. That's and adorable. it's, like, so 90s. And, like, you oh, look yeah. at pictures and you're, like, yikes. Eek. <laughs> 
Wait, how old was she again? I, you probably um, told me, but I didn't. She was 11. 11, okay. Oh. Yeah. But it's just like, that's like such a sweet, ugh. Cute. It is cute. Okay. So, she leaves the house that morning. She walks up the hill that's near her house to meet the school bus, just like she's done every single morning. It's a quiet morning, and as she gets to the top of the hill, she can see that the school bus is already there. It's at its stop. Kids are climbing in. Like, she's on time. She's ready to go. Today is different, though. Before JC can make it to the school bus, a gray car approaches her, pulling off to the side of the road right near her. So a stranger from inside the car rolls down the window as if they're going to talk to her, except he was not here to talk to her. He ends up hitting her with a stun gun. Mm. Literally right in front of, the, like, in front of everybody. Jeez. Yeah. That's so, ballsy. It's ballsy as fuck. So he knocks her out with a stun gun. She falls onto the ground and she's unable to defend herself at that point. Yeah. She doesn't really remember a ton of this, but she does have memories of coming in and out of consciousness. So... She's knocked unconscious, and the kidnappers manage to get her into their vehicle. All the while, the children getting onto the school bus are watching this unfold in front of them. Down the street, her stepdad is in the front yard watching this happen, too. So he freaks the fuck out. He gets onto a bike, like I'm guessing maybe in their garage or in the area. He gets onto a bike and starts fucking booking it. But it's uphill up to where she went. So he tries to catch them and they fucking take off with her. So they fucking stun on her. Like they're trying to like make it discreet. No. They're just like, that that this kid's mine. Thank you. Bye, everyone. It's the fucking nineties, so there's no fucking records of fucking anything. There's not like they can just be like, oh, it's this car, and they can do some like crazy shit to fucking (laughs) track it down. (laughs) It's just witness testimony and it fucking basically goes cold at that point oh no so she's fucking kidnapped literally off of the street in front of a school bus and if that's not safe friends and family then i don't fucking know what's safe at that point like what the fuck is safe you know so in the back seat jc like coming in and out of consciousness hears the male driver say i can't believe we got away with this and starts laughing so this is the beginning Ew. of the nightmare. So the two perpetrators bring JC 150 miles away to an ordinary looking blue house outside of the San Francisco area. Throughout this nearly two hour long journey, a woman is pinning JC down in the backseat of the car to ensure she can't escape. It's not even like it's just some fucking sick dude. It's like a group of people. Mm-hmm. So I shared this on our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere. Um, for information on how this house was set up, because it's pretty important, um, I'm going to do my best to describe it here to anybody who hasn't seen this or doesn't know of this case. From the front, this is a normal single-story blue house, kind of like my house in Ogden. Normal. It's got a backyard that seems normal. It's all fenced in. But then in the back, there's like, like I don't know if it's a secret passage per se, but it's like a hidden entryway mm-hmm. that opens to a second fenced-in backyard. That Weird. Unless you knew it was there, you wouldn't even know to look for it. And the second backyard is, like, as big as the house. It like that. Because he's a sick Oh, so he, like, made it like that. I think. Probably. I don't know for sure, but that's my interpretation of this, is that he did this deliberately. Mm. So, it's fenced in in the back, and it's got that spot where you can, like, get into the second area. And the second backyard is covered with, like, overgrown trees and grass, and it houses like, a community of sorts of tents and, like, lean-tos and, like, broken-down sheds and just, like... In the world? It's 
it's fucking gross, honestly. Like, it's just ramshackle as fuck. And honestly, it's the perfect place to hide somebody yeah. back there. Because you can't even tell it exists. So, so odd. It's fucking ridiculous, honestly. And the thing that we'll talk about later is that this dude, he's on parole. And when you're on parole, like, this kind of stuff, like, your house and your property is, like, regularly searched. And they never, ever even went back there. They didn't even know it existed. So, that's fucking cool. Solid. Yeah. So, they get there. The male kidnapper forces JC into his small blue home. He rips off her pink tights, her kitty t-shirt, and he forces her to shower with him. He proceeds to shave her body, which makes you want to throw up because For she's what? fucking she's... 11. Yeah. So, whatever. Wait, do you know what he was on parole for? Yeah. Just curious. Yeah, I'll, sh- I'll okay. kind of share, like, his backstory and stuff like cool. that. Cool. So, she talks about this part of the nightmare in her book. She writes about how, like, this experience, like, showering with him the first time, this was her first time ever even seeing a naked man, period. Mm. She's fucking 11, so. She's confused, she's disgusted, and she's terrified, and, like, this is just a prime example of something that was, like, stolen from her. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that first experience maybe is not always the best, and it's, it can be awkward and stuff, but it's something that's supposed to be, like, special in a way. Yeah. When you get to that point in your life that you experience something like that, and to have that thrown at you as an 11-year-old girl by a disgusting old fucking man is fucking Dis- awful. Terrible. So, let's talk about these kidnappers. So, the male is Philip Greg uh, Garrido, I want to say his last name is. He graduated high school in 1969, and by 1972, so what, three years later, four years later, he's already been arrested and charged with sexually assaulting a 14-year-old girl. The case doesn't go to trial because the young girl declines to testify against him. So the following year, 1973, he gets married to a young woman who claims that he was physically abusive towards her, which is probably fucking true. And she even goes as far as to say he tried kidnapping her when she tried to leave him. Which is probably true. Yep. Fast forward to 1976. Garrido kidnaps 25-year-old... This shit's crazy. So, he kidnaps a 25-year-old girl named Catherine Calloway from South Lake Tahoe, California. He proceeds to drive her to Reno and into a fucking warehouse is where he brings her. Did he know about this warehouse? I wonder... He must like, have planned this out in like some way. it. Yeah. So, he proceeds to rape her for over five hours, and a police officer happens to be driving by the warehouse and sees a car parked there, like, the only car there, and he's like, this is private property, like, who the fuck is this car parked Mm -hmm. here? So, the police officer ends up going up to the scene and, like, knocking on the warehouse door, and Philip comes out, but right behind him is Catherine Calloway, who begins pleading with officers for help. Like, hello, this dude fucking kidnapped me. Yeah. And he's arrested and charged and convicted of crimes in federal and state court. This is how he first gets put on parole in the first place, because of these crimes. Why is he even out of prison? He's a sex offender. On top of all of this, he's a sex offender whose parole officers don't even know the layout of his fucking property, which is disgusting and embarrassing. Yeah. So, eventually, he's sentenced to prison in Leavenworth Penitentiary in Kansas. While he's here, he meets his soon-to-be second wife, the wonderful young lady who pins J.C. down in the backseat of the car. What a catch. Her name's Nancy uh, Bocanegro, I want to say. So, she's the one who holds her down. 
Philip's father, Manuel, goes on to say that his son was a good kid, but that something seriously changed with Philip after he was in an awful motorcycle accident when he was a teenager. Which frontal lobe? If you ever listen to frontal lobe, my favorite murder. They talk talk about this all the time. Brain damage. Seriously, it feels like all of these serious offenders and these gruesome fucking murders and shit. They all have some form of fucking head injury. In their yeah. fucking childhood or adolescence or young adulthood, like, never fails that they had some traumatic brain injury. So that's just something that I put in here because it's interesting as fuck. That is very interesting. So, JC is brought into the blue house. They have their fucking gross-ass shower. And after the uncomfortable and disgusting encounter, she's confused <coughs> and she's scared. He brings her out into the backyard, the second backyard, where he burns her favorite pink outfit right in front of her. Oh, he puts her. Why do you have to do that? It's fucking, and this is something that's like to this day. Like she's obviously in her thirties, almost forties now, probably forties, and she's like traumatized, like by this. Like it, it's just the fucking symbolism of it. Like yeah. it was what she wore that day. She picked it out deliberately. This awful thing happens to her, and then to watch it burned right in front of her fucking face like that's disturbing and it's like it's very um like like i said like symbolic of the sense of like everything is about to change like her innocence is gone yes taken away right in front of her so he puts her into one of the small broken down sheds and handcuffs her naked this is where philip will rape her for the first time at 11 years old so over the next five weeks philip rapes her repeatedly and then would act as though he felt guilty showering her with gifts crying to her while she's fucking handcuffed in a shed an 11 year old girl who you just raped and you're gonna cry to her to make her feel bad for you like i'm sorry it's fucking disgusting joke of a person it is a joke of a person like the scum of the earth kind of person yeah so she lives in this shed alone she has no friends she has nobody to talk to she in the interview i watched on abc news she cries every single day I would. Her captivity. Like, I do that. I'm not even captive. Fucking seriously. (laughs) Same. So she would remember these like conversations she would have with her mom, like silly conversations, like which shape of the moon was best. Like whether it was good full moon or like a crescent moon. And they would sing these songs to each other. And she said that these were the small memories that would get her through like the cold and lonely nights. Yeah. It's fucked up, dude. There's tears in my eyes. That's so sad. So, for months, JC sees nobody except Philip. After a month and a half, he moves her into a new shed. He puts the stun gun that he used against her that very first day in June right on the table in front of her. He wanted her to know, I hurt you once and I can do it again. So, all the while, he tells her over and over again that there are demon angel voices in my head and that these voices had shown him how to cure his sickness the cure that he was talking about was JC. So he proceeds. That's the sickness, dude. Yeah, but this is what he tells her: "I'm sick, and I want to do inappropriate things to little girls. But now I have you. So because I have you, think about all of the other girls that I'm not gonna hurt, because you're here. So you're saving so many little girls. And as an 11 year old girl, she like." A little bit of her believes this, like, because in some sick, twisted way, a little bit of that's probably true. Yeah. She probably would be hurting Multiple some people. other little girl. Yeah. 
So that's how he brainwashes her. He tells her that if it wasn't for you, I would just find another little girl to rape and torture. He tells her that if she were to leave, that the same thing would be happening to other girls. That's like some serious mental damage he's causing. Absolutely. Like, in my opinion, maybe irreparable is too far because she might just be moving past this now and she might be doing great to be healthy. But like, I would be irreparable. A little part of you has to always... Yeah. Hold on to that feeling, at least. I don't at least think have, that you it You have could, to remember, like, even if like, you away. are, like, you make your life okay, you do your best to move on, like, a little part of you is always going to have that in somewhere in your being. Yeah. It's going to exist somewhere. It's never going to go away. Yeah, I completely agree. So, the torture, manipulation, and abuse continues for years to come. Philip would force her to dress up in adult outfits, tights, tight dresses, and makeup. While he would repeatedly rape and abuse her, this would alter JC's mental and physical health in a way that maybe we wouldn't think of. Like, these little things like making her dress up into outfits and putting makeup on, this was, outside of even just the sexual abuse, it was stealing something from her. Like, she wasn't a little girl girl anymore. She she had to wear these clothes. She had to do these things. She had to perform in these ways, sexually and otherwise, that is just completely not normal and her entire childhood was completely taken like she was 11 years old and then she was 30 like you know what I mean like there's just she had no opportunity to grow up in all of this she was really forced to grow up into something that was way ahead of her right it's it's awful so he was addicted to methamphetamines which doesn't excuse any of this but would almost make this worse because he would go on these binges and he would refer to them as his runs. So while on runs, he would rape and assault her for 24 hours or more at a time. Because he was doing drugs, he didn't have to sleep. He didn't have to eat. It didn't matter what she felt like. She wasn't on drugs, but he was. So he could do whatever he wanted for as long as he wanted. And it had no effect on him. It's disgusting, dude. It sounds fake, but it's not. And that's what's so scary. It's fucking awful to think Mm -hmm. about so during her time in captivity jc would be forced to study him like what made him upset what made him hurt her more how could she manipulate him to alter his behavior and in her interviews on abc she refers to this as like having to be predator and prey at the same time so seven months after being kidnapped jc would finally meet nancy officially seven months Mm mm-hmm So Nancy was a sick woman who would flip from caring for her to being threatened and jealous of her, which is I wonder if that's why she didn't meet her for so long. Probably. They were, like, not really comfortable with the whole thing yet. Yeah. And I honestly... Not that you should ever be comfortable with that. No, but I get what you're saying. Like, that's the only way to describe it is, like, it's disgusting, the mentality here of, like, you're jealous of somebody that you fucking kid- you kidnapped her. They don't want to be here. She wouldn't be here if it literally wasn't for you pinning her down yeah. in the back seat. Like, so Nancy would also go on these like binges of like feeling sorry for herself and crying and sobbing to JC and saying I'm so sorry and and he made me do it and right. just like manipulating her to feel bad for the two of them. Which is on a whole nother level of, like, fucking gross. Like, yeah. to not only to, like, do the awful thing, but to make to make the kidnapped victim feel bad for you. Like, the fucking audacity. It makes sense. It's disgusting. So, literally years 
yes, years would go on, except during her captivity, JC's body started to feel different. Um, she didn't understand what was going on at first, but April 3rd, 1994, Nancy and Philip sat her down and explained to her that they thought that she was pregnant. She was 13 years oh, old. Oh, no. And pregnant. So, 13 years old, she sat down and told that she's four and a half months pregnant. And I wonder how they would know. I think they could see her like gaining weight mm. probably and four and a half months that's what halfway through she's probably showing at yeah. that point and granted she's in captivity so they're probably having to supply her sanitary products and yeah, she's yeah. not using them you know oh right, right. okay that makes so philip tells her i'm gonna read up on this and i'll take care of it myself i'll give birth i'll help you give birth to it no doctors no, no nothing no medicine well actually she so she's 14 years old so i guess when she was four and a half months pregnant she would have been like halfway through 13 she is 14 when she starts feeling labor pains and she's alone in a shed by herself That's just 14 years old trauma it's the like definition of trauma it's like trauma on like such a level that i don't think anybody most people don't ever mm. understand in their lives um so she proceeds to labor for 12 hours, but there's still no baby. So Philip proceeds to use his hand to unwrap the umbilical cord from the baby's neck. And like, not to be like explicit here, but it's just so hard for me to understand. This is a 14 year old girl, like this entire, and when she talks about it, like she, I watched the interviews of her and she talks about this so casually because I think she probably has to. Yeah. Like, it's a different way of coping, mm -hmm. you know? And it's just, it's, I can't, I'm sorry, it just, like, it's so crazy. So, over the years, JC's eventually allowed to go in public with her daughter, Nancy and Philip. It seems that the years of captivity may have allowed the kidnappers to grow a bit more comfortable. So, all JC has known since she was 11 years old is captivity, manipulation, and abuse. They were confident in the fact that she wouldn't go anywhere and she wouldn't be talking to anybody, and they were right, and she didn't. Because she was a fucking petrified. Yeah. So, something to note here. As you would be, though. Like, yeah. There's no other possible scenario there, in my opinion. So, interesting facts throughout all this. Like, it's like we talked about, Garrido, he's on parole throughout all of this. He's having regular checkups at his residence, and no one discovered anything that he was doing. No one found JC. At one point in her captivity, a neighbor calls 911, telling authorities that she sees children playing in Garrido's yard. And I'm, I'm like, my assumption here is that she knows he's a fucking sex offender, yeah. which is why she's calling. Nothing's done about this. No one goes out there. No one checks. No one sees. Was it her kids? Probably. No, it was probably JC's daughter. No, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. So if. They would have gone out there, they would have fucking found her, but they didn't. Um, another interesting fact is at one point he's ordered to wear an ankle bracelet due to violating his parole for the drug usage, and yet no one so much as looks at the data that's being recorded by his ankle bracelet. If they would have looked at this, they would have seen all kinds of activity in the area behind his house, not in his fucking house, mm. but nobody looked at it. So, What was the point of having it? Beats me. Like, so many people ask, why didn't she run? Why didn't she leave? Um, 
you have to understand, like, he, and we haven't talked about this quite yet, but he impregnates her twice. Like, she has two kids by him yeah. in the span of, I want to say, three years. Um, and that's in the span of the six years in captivity. She's so manipulated. Long. She has children now. And she's a young woman at this point who is trying to do everything she can. She knows what he's capable of. Mm-hmm. And she needs to protect her, her daughters kids. from that. Yeah. And she does. And she starts making her own little school and trying to just take care of them. And, like, this is a... What a good person. Yeah. She says that she had English, she had history, she had social sciences, she had How did she even know? Like, she was 11 when she, like, that's lost touch of everything she knew. She's literally sitting here in the interview just like this, and she's like, yeah, I don't know, like, I had a fifth grade education, but I felt like I had to do something, like... So he ends up giving her a TV at some point during her captivity, but tells her he's not. she's not allowed to watch the news. And she uses the TV to, like, learn things Stuff. about how people are acting and the things people say. Like, if they say there's 50 states in America, then she's like, well, that's okay. We'll use that. 50. <laughs> and that's how she would teach her kids with programs on the TV. Oh, wow. In the, what, that would be late <laughs> 90s, which can't be a ton of shit on TV at that point, you know? Like, she's basically subjected to whatever satellite that they have. And she teaches her daughters. So... What a, like... It's... What a good person. Like, what a remarkable person, though. She's a phenomenal fucking person. And people have the audacity, like, not to be dramatic here, but to ask why she didn't do more. In terms of, like, trying okay. to escape. Let me kidnap you for a few years and see how that goes. Yeah, honestly. You, you want to try it and see how you would react? To, like, yep. don't criticize unless you've been there. 100%. So, let's just fucking tap into that. She was kidnapped. She's 11 years old. She was a fucking child. She had no understanding of how the world worked. She didn't have a choice in any of this. And even JC herself goes as far as to say that she felt like escaping was not an option. Like, yeah, this isn't going to work. And he would tell her, what are you going to do? You know, like you think about leaving sometimes. I'm sure you do. What are you going to do? You have an 11, 11 year old education, fifth yeah. grade at most. You have never had a job in your life. You have no idea how money even works. You probably don't even really know how to How count. would you even find your family? Like, yeah. And then he would tell her, like, what about your kids? What are they... You're really going to subject them to poverty? Take them with you and do what? Yeah. And she would say, yeah, okay. I'm nothing. I'm no one. So... To even sit back and ask why she didn't do anything is honestly offensive, in my opinion. Like, none of us have ever been in that situation. Um, However, as time goes on, Philip and Nancy get even more comfortable with just the situation as a whole. Because at this point, it's been, I want to say, like, 15 years that she's been in captivity. So, she's, what, 30, no, 26, 27 years old? Like, this is her life. This is all she's known at this point. I mean, I don't even have, like, the most memorable, like, vivid, I want to say, memories of before being 10. Like, yeah, a few, maybe. Yeah, I mean, certain ones, but not, like, nothing day-to-day nope. stuff. Not, like, you would even really remember what was your routine. What was, what did you do oh, all day? Wow. I don't fucking know. And she's our age, really, in this scenario, you know? Yeah. So... 
they start to kind of get comfortable with this because so much time has gone on. So it's August of 2009, and Garrido writes an essay of sorts, claiming that he has a solution to his past criminal behaviors. He claims that he can fix other people and that he wants to teach them his ways, which I'm, I'm curious, is that the ways of kidnapping and torturing little girls? Is that... Yeah. Ew. Yeah. So he wants to teach them his ways. He goes to the campus of University of California and he brings JC and the two girls with oh. him. He felt like bringing the girls would make people more empathetic or interested in him. And basically, he wanted to ask the university to allow him to give a speech about his discoveries. So while speaking to the events manager, she notices that his behavior is not really normal. He's not a normal fucking guy. Yeah. He's not acting right. He's acting erratic. He's, like, blabbering. And these girls that are with him crazy. are, like, standing there. They are white as sheets because they've never fucking seen sunlight. People or sunlight or anything. So they're standing there with, like, their arms crossed. They're looking down. They don't say anything. And she's like, this is not fucking normal. This is weird. So... She basically tells him, like, if you want to go through with this, you need to make an appointment. I need your name and your phone number. And so he goes, okay, cool. Like, yeah, hell yeah, I want to do this. So he writes his information down, and she forwards that to, I want to say, like, campus police or the authorities or somebody in charge. Good. Go that lady. They run a background check on him and realize he's a fucking sex offender who had children with him. And they have no record of him having... Yes. So he shows up to his appointment the next day, and they already know that he's a sex offender. He was charged with sexual assault. So the police officer, her name is Allie Jacobs, she attends this meeting. She notes that the girls appeared to Jacobs to be pale as if they had never been exposed to sunlight, and she felt that their behavior was unusual. Eventually, police request Garrido to go to his parole office. Once there, the parole officers decide to separate him from the girls. Thank fucking God. And during the initial interviews, and people people get way too hung up on this, but they interview JC, and they press her to tell her, like, something about this you're not being honest here like what's going on and she gets like frustrated with them like she's like am i in trouble or something like yeah can i fucking go and they're like what like this is this is your way out dude yeah and she pushes back hard because she's scared so she's a prisoner like yeah this isn't gonna be something that she's like oh yeah oh by the way i'm um i've been Held captive for 15 years. She's afraid because he's told her, I can hear everything you say. I know everything you're doing. I've yeah. bugged your clothes. I've He probably tells her so much fucking shit. Yeah. She doesn't know what's real. So people get hung up on this when you hear about it in the news where they're like, she must have had Stockholm Syndrome. She loved her captor. Even if... Okay, but that's not her fault. Yeah, like, why are we talking Even about it? Even if that it? was the case, it's not her fault. 100%. She was kidnapped. <laughs> yep. So... Luckily for the situation, when they separated them, he's being questioned separately, and they push him hard, and he fucking confesses. Like, in that initial- right mm-hmm, In wow. that initial interview. What a weak old man. Seriously. <laughs> so, it's 18 years after her abduction, she's had two children in a shed with him, and she is finally discovered to be the missing girl from the flyers, and from the news, and from all this shit back in 1991. <sighs> She's alive this entire time. And it's just 
fucking insane. So he ends up being sentenced to 431 years to life in prison in 2011. Nancy is sentenced to 36 years to life. The two of them will be up for a parole hearing in 2034, which is what? How many fucking years from now? 14? Yeah. 14 years from now. Because he has, like, a criminal history, I feel that it's unlikely that he'll ever even be given that opportunity. But the fact Let's that... Hope not. The fact that he wasn't just put away with Forever. no possibility of parole in the first place makes me want to throw up. Right. But Nancy, if she doesn't have a criminal history, she could... She could. ...get out in 2034. Do you think she would do anything on her own? I think that... And this might come off in an offensive way to people and frankly I don't care but if you are that weak minded to be to go along with whatever the fuck yes, somebody says like then that. I think that in the right circumstances if she found another man that expected her to do the same thing that she would fucking do it yeah and she pleaded not guilty which to me is like you take no responsibility for anything you've fucking done yeah so to me that adds your probability of reoffending to like a whole nother level you right. didn't even take accountability for what you did so are you at risk to do it again? Probably. Probably. You don't it's even think you did anything wrong, wrong in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. So, since her- That re- makes me feel like, I have no words other than, like, the fact that this all was happening and, like, life just continued without her. He would say stuff like that to her. Like, at first when she got her TV, he wouldn't let her watch the news, and he was very particular about that. But then, obviously, after a few years, she's not on the news anymore. And so when he wasn't around and she got older, she became, like, privy to the idea of, like, I think he's manipulating me a bit. And he doesn't know as much as he says he does because she would do things. He would say, like, if you even move stuff, I'll know. And then she would do stuff and she wouldn't fucking know. So she started to get this idea of, like, you you know what I mean? Right, right, right. So she started watching the news and she wasn't. It's kind of like even just with your parents when they're like, yeah. I'll know. I have always put in the back of my head. And you're like, like yeah. oh my god, they know everything. Yeah. And then you get a little bit older and it's like, maybe they don't. Yeah. Maybe I, they actually don't. 100%. They're just saying that. So she ends up, like, going on to watch the news here and there. And, of course, at this point, she's not on the news because it's been years. And yeah. you'd be like, see, they don't care about you. Oh. It's fucking awful. So, as horrible as a story as this is, um... The case is like a major whirlwind when it breaks. So for nearly two decades, people in the area where she went missing from, they thought she'd never be found alive. Throughout all of this time, her mother never stopped looking for her. She never lost hope that she would find her. So since her reunion with her family, she goes on to write two books. The first is the like... one that I read. It's so fucking good. It's you such have a good it. book. Do you own it? I don't own it, but... Well, I probably do. I just don't know where it is, but highly fucking recommend this book it's so good um she actually goes on to write a second the first book is literally like essentially 100% what she went through start to finish like from the that morning to the day of the weeks following and then she goes on to write a second book years later about like what my life has been like since then and like how I'm coping I haven't read that one but it's like top of my list like should So, like we kind of talked about, people were really critical of her behavior during police interviews, and I wanted to make a point to talk about this because I 
watched her share her feelings on this subject in an interview. And if we're going to, if we're going to, um, take her case and, you know, attempt to share it, then her opinions of her own case are incredibly fucking important. Yeah. So people talk about and share this term about her and it's Stockholm syndrome. And we're probably familiar with that. Yeah. Maybe people aren't. Stockholm syndrome is the is the coping mechanism that people say that captors go through and it causes them to sympathize and some people even regard it as falling in love with um, or feeling bad for feeling bad for being like, affectionate towards yeah. your captor. And JC makes a point in her interviews with ABC News to say that it is incredibly frustrating for her when people tell her that she had Stockholm syndrome and she feels like using that term when you're talking about somebody who's been kidnapped is so counterproductive in their them healing yeah like to make a statement to say that something they did should be looked at differently or looked down upon yeah she said what i went through was not stockholm syndrome and even if it was i don't fucking care what i went through was me trying to survive that's what it was that's and each all it case was is like individual it's unique yeah. it's you experience what you experience and nobody else, no matter what, even if two people both were kidnapped for 10 years and held captive, yep. they had a different experience. Exactly. And you can't say that one person handled it better. One person yep. handled it worse. They handled it different. Her stepdad even makes a comment, and I wonder if maybe this is what provoked some of this, as to say is like she was affectionate towards him. And it it's so upsetting, and I'm sure it's upsetting for her. It's upsetting for me to yeah. hear to have people talk about you in that way, like, even if you pretended to be or even if you made yourself believe you were being affectionate... You were doing it for a purpose and the purpose was to live. It doesn't mean you were. You were not affectionate towards somebody if you were doing it to live, to survive. No. It doesn't matter if the You behavior, would do whatever you need to do to live. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't matter if you were hugging him, kissing him, telling him you loved him. It doesn't mean it's affection if you were only doing it because you were kidnapped at 11 years old. Like, yeah, no. So she makes a point in her interviews to say, like, I, she goes and she talks to experts in the field of kidnapping and captivity and things like that. And she says, please stop talking about it this way. Please stop saying that. Yeah. You, it's detrimental to the survivors. well-being, to the survivors, to their healing. Like, stop saying that. You want to talk it about it? It doesn't need to be talked about. Talk about it in the fact that they survived and it was incredible. And they did a good job. Yeah. Which and I don't they did blame what they her. need to do. So in her interviews, like, she makes it very clear she does not care for him. She does not want anything to do with Why him. Why would she? It's like... And, it's in, and even if she did, that's, on some level, shut the fuck up about it. Yeah. Just, just, that's a piece she of She didn't want news. to, but here we are. It's a piece of, like journalism and the story that it could just get left out and yeah. it would be okay like it and could, it's still an incredibly like heroic story like, yeah, yeah it's still it's crazy. worth talking about so that. i just can't imagine like spending two decades of your life like pretending to care about them when you're being fed by them they're the only person who can offer you any form of kindness and communication and then to like finally get out of all that and to have people like look down on it like and people do, like, and people make comments so on social dumb. media, like, why didn't she leave sooner? Why didn't she do this? Why doesn't she talk about how much he sucks? Like, why doesn't she make statements? Like, leave her alone. She did what she needed to do. Yeah. And maybe you would have done it different, but 
glad we didn't have to find out. Yeah, like, did you want to, you want to do it for her? Yeah, like, you, you go through that and you let me know how that goes for you, you know? Yeah. It's just crazy how people know, can be opinionated so judgmental. and judgmental on something that is so fucking far-fetched and un- not the norm. I think that if yeah. I were to be thrown off of a cliff yeah. and I had two weights strapped to my left ankle, I would do the logical thing it's and like, bow. Dude. I hate to be like, I don't hate to be vulgar. That's made up. I don't hate that at all. <laughs> but not to be vulgar, but like seriously, just fuck you. Like. No one cares about your opinion your in that way. hypothetical situation that you would do if you were in that situation. And cool. Like, like how many times that you think like if someone were to come up to me at my job and tell me that I'm doing this a certain way, that I would tell them to go yeah. fuck off. And this is this is how I'm doing. Yeah. I'm doing a great job. And then you're somebody like, makes a criticism be- to you, and you're like, Yeah, I do suck. Yeah, <laughs> like, literally, like like, you like you're in the shower you and you like have way. those like yeah. conversations in your head. I would have said this, yeah. and then, like, in real life, you're like, yeah, okay. And then cry. Okay. And then I go to Jason, and I'm like, they said that I'm really bossy. <laughs> and then maybe it's true, but I mean, what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know, dude. It's fucking crazy, though. Like, 18 years. That's so long. That's most of my life. That's most of my fucking life. That's... I would have broken down into a puddle. I feel like I would have died from being just so over it. I think that I would have killed myself. Like, I couldn't. I'm not strong enough. Like, don't say, dude. Like, I can barely handle the day-to-day regular (laughs) I can barely cope now. (laughs) Let alone that shit. Like, holy hell. Yeah. That's fucking Um, dude. I know it's my turn, and I know we're recording, but do we have time for a bathroom break? Yeah, because I have to pee. Your girl drank two glasses of wine yeah. real fast. You right. I'm ready. For anybody who doesn't know this, that listens to our podcast, my family yeah. are our biggest supporters. So. Yeah, we love your family. Really? No, it's like our family. <laughs> is it really in mine, or is it both of ours? Okay. Notes. Alrighty. And we're back into it. And we are in three. We never left. Two. One. Wait. Me. Wait. Okay. So, um, I'm gonna just start out by saying mine is so much shorter than yours. That's okay, because mine's long. No, but yours was so good. Okay. So, mine is, mine is also good. <laughs> mine's Toot good. Toot. Mine's fucking good, too. Toot toot. <laughs> toot um, so, mine is another one of those ones that like just sticks in my brain and like before to before this research like maybe I didn't know all of the details yeah but like whenever people would be like why do you like your crime I'm like because this. this one case like this happened and like you know like how does that happen how, does how this, do you even not how do you learn how does this not things? stick with you how do you learn this stuff and just go yeah like like Jason when I tell him these cases and he's like wow nice. and I'm like Wow, that's all. Wow, that's it. You're not like, you don't want to know more. Churning it over in your brain. Should we watch a documentary? <laughs> yeah, you don't want to know every little, little teeny tiny detail because I, I do. To. So this one is more of like a. We're gonna give you a very short like boom. This happened. Okay. And then you get to pick the ending because this is my very <gasps> this is my first unsolved murder. I think really. I think every other one I've done on. Our podcast has been solved. Oh hell because yeah! Because I 
tend to pick those ones because I, I like answers. Yeah. And I like knowing what happened. But 100%. this one, it's like, it's so like, what the hell? That like. Like makes your head hurt. There's no real, there's no, there's no good answer. It's whatever answer you want to fit. Well, you'll make it fit. That makes me if sad. If you want. I think. You want what makes me sad? What? They're old people. That's fucked up. Like they're old people. That bugs me. Yeah, every like, it, kids it and old people. Me. I mean, kids and old people. Like, don't murder me either, at my age. But also, kids and old people are like absolute no. I almost said, and then like, and young women. But then like, what about men too? Like, men matter too. But like, men matter too. I, I feel like, like it feels to me. This is made up. This might not be real. But it feels like women get murdered more. But that could just be made There's up. Somebody, hey. Celia's family that now has my phone number text me the statistics on um, men versus women murders. Mom, can you phone a phone a mom? Phone a phone, gra- a phone a Celia's grandma. Okay. So, this is the case of Russell and Shirley Durand, and they're Durand. I, that just sounds like Durand. a nice name. Yeah, I just, just think like, Russell and Shirley. It's like oh. Grandma. Yeah, that's what I think. I read this as if they were my grandparents, and that's what, like, hurts me the most. Okay. So, they were an older couple living in a beautiful home, and, like, I think oh, you God. shared we, it. Yeah, that. we shared a picture of this on our Instagram. I need to yeah. look at it right now, though. The home? Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, shit. The people? Oh. Isn't it on, the, it's a lake, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What? <laughs> yes. Um. Yes, they live on, like, a lake house on oh. the shore, like, their backyard area, like, like, it was a lake house. It's beautiful. I fucking wish. Apparently, if you say lake house more times, it makes more sense. <laughs> it's a, it's a, like a lake house. It's a house on a lake, lake. Which is pretty much a like house. a structure that's near a body of water. Otherwise, and you live in it. Lake. And yeah. It's wow. near. Okay. We're funny. Done. So, they were living in a lake house. Near Lake Oakney in Georgia. Okay. And they were like... I just want to paint them as, like, the cutest little things. Like, they had four children. Have you seen? Y'all have to look at these pictures. They are the cutest. They are so cute. We need to just have this here. Hmm. Hmm. Grandma. Sorry. Like, and she even has, like, in the picture, she's got, like, they've got the classic short grandma haircut. The pearls. The pearls. That's what the I was going to say next. The pearl necklace. Necklace. So... They had four children and nine grandchildren. Nine. Um, unfortunately, one of their kids was killed. His name is Mark. Mm-hmm. And he was shot in a, like, drug deal gone bad. I guess he was in, like... Jesus. Which surprises me because... And, I mean, it doesn't. Because it doesn't matter who your parents are. You can get into whatever you want. Yeah. But definitely. they are very much, like... They're, like, a cute religious couple. They are mm-hmm. well off financially. I guess the... Um, the dad, or I guess grandpa or dad, or both, Russell, he owned a bunch of Hardee's restaurants back in the day, so they had, like, a solid income. Their yeah. house was, like, a million-dollar home, and their son got into the wrong crowd, I guess, and he was yeah. shot in, like, a cocaine deal. Interesting. Yeah. That's and the only awesome. reason I mention it is because it's brought up later. later. Okay, that so, makes sense. Um... So they were 
even though they were old and they were retired and they were kind of just like living their days out in their, their little cute like house, house like, like isn't that the perfect ideal like so ending to your and imagine sitting this is unrelated but imagine sitting on the back porch with the water and just listening to the shore with a cup of coffee in the morning yeah, and a tea yeah okay. so there here they are like living their dream mm-hmm. and even though they're like older like they still have their hobbies russell was like tell me this does not just shout like oh mm-hmm. like grandpa so he was super into golf and of course he was a golf enthusiast they uh-huh. would say and shirley was into art Aww. and writing and like crossword puzzles no, and just living the dream puzzle. um they so they lived in this community called great waters mm-hmm. and it was like this fenced off like gated pretty sure yeah gated pretty sure every home there was at least a million dollars like like yep richer waterfront like mm-hmm. lake house <laughs> lake house <laughs> house on the water <laughs> and um they kind of had like a good little community going and like everyone knew each other yeah everyone would recognize if they saw somebody that's not typically there or like Somebody had someone come visit, which they I read that their grandkids would come visit every summer, and they'd go Aww. to like a, a summer camp. Which I'm I'm making this completely up, but in my brain, I want to imagine they went to like a summer camp on the lake, and then went and saw grandma after, like Aww. like so cute. That sounds so nice. Um, and so they actually had plans. So this was back in 2014, in May. So they're in Georgia, so it's pretty warm at this point in May. So they had like, like this cute little like community of friends, and they all like would watch the derby together. Oh, the Kentucky the Derby! Kentucky, Kentuck- wow, Kentucky wow. Derby, the Kentucky, the Kentucky derby. derby. They'd watch it together. <laughs> That's cute. So they had plans on May third mm-hmm. to go to their friend's house and watch the derby with them, like have a party. Kind yeah, of. like like in my brain, I want to imagine as like. Oh, people party and even in my notes i was like they had plans to hang out or whatever what other terminology old folk use what do they call it like they have a get together a get together that's good i think that's a gathering good. a gathering um plans to visit visit Ooh. old people love that word visit old people love that word. I, i'm sorry for anybody over the age of 50 that's listening to this what they do like why don't people come visit me like, they like that word i think God, that's funny. At least all the old people I know, it seems to be pretty popular. It seems to be popular with the old folks. Is, yeah. that, is that right, Jenna? Yeah, it's the, the, the slang. What? I don't know. Too far. Can we move past this? Yes, I'm sorry. It's okay. Okay, so they had plans to go to their, their friend's house to watch a Kentucky Derby on the 3rd. Mm-hmm. But they didn't show up. Which oh, is God. super unlikely for them, because they just... They weren't that kind of... Those kind of people. Like, yeah. they would... If they said they were they going to be there, they are going to be there. And I feel like... I was going to say something again that sounds insensitive. But I feel like old people do that. Like, a lot of times, like, they can stick to their commitments. You know what I mean? Why are we generalizing? I don't know. Old people so much. Maybe I just am literally just imagining them as my grandparents so hard that I'm like, no, my grandma would never. Like, yeah, that's fair. That's Maybe fair. That's, that's why I'm doing that. I don't know. <laughs> God, but I funny. feel like that's, like, the typical, like, old people would never ever cannot show up. They follow through. They follow through. They have visits Pick and they fall on their bootstraps. And... This is inappropriate. Okay. I apologize to everybody listening. Can we edit this out? I, I can't. Like, I'm, I'm just... 
Okay. Okay. Let's do this as, as best as we can. From we now can on. We can get through this. Okay. So they were going to go to the friend's house to watch the derby. Mm-hmm. They didn't show up. And that was like red flag number one. Right. So a couple days later, the 6th, a neighbor decides to like go check on them. Like, yo, like we haven't heard <laughs> yo. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. They go like, to check on them. Hey, we haven't heard from Shirley and Russell for a while. They didn't show up. Where are they? So they kind of do like a little, uh, what's the word I'm thinking like of? Like a, like a check? Like a welfare Yeah, check. like a check, but like just themselves. Like Casually. Around, like they go around the, the whole estate. Yeah. And it's like a pretty decent size estate. Like they're looking to see if like there's a broken window or anything spooky. Yeah, well, or just to see if they're like, their, their phone was disconnected or like they, they're just out hanging out in the yard or whatever. Yeah. They call their names, like nothing happens. Um. They end up kind of getting more worried because, like, they're where else would they be? Yeah, if not here, then where? This is thing. like, like, it, and I feel like I remember hearing somewhere else, not in this article that I read, but um, that their newspaper had kind of been piling up, oh, which is that's that's a sign. That's a sign for the bad mail stuff or whatever. Yeah. Too, so they were checking the. Perimeter. That's what I was thinking of earlier. Perimeter, Perimeter of the home. That sounds and professional. Thank you. You're welcome. Much better than yo. And <laughs> yo. Folks. And anyways. Folks. So they they realize the garage door is unlocked. Like the door to the garage, not the main yeah. one. Like one of the side doors. Yeah, one of the side doors to the garage. And the neighbor's husband, he ends up going in there. Spooky, spooky, spooky. Too much, too much. He finds Russell. Dead. Which would be good, but he's not alive so it's not good it's not good no and it's gonna get worse okay so he found russell on the floor in the garage and he was decapitated what the fuck yeah can we just no head that type like it's not that any murder is worse or better but it always blows my mind the like Vulgarity is not the right word. The, the violence, the, the audacity, the audacity for somebody to take it that far—is it yeah. not enough? Like they're dead. You have to take their head too. You couldn't like draw a line somewhere. Like, I feel like once you cross the murder line, there's no other lines to cross. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know. I mean, like, there's people... some like little, like some dotted lines to cross. <laughs> what? Because they're not as hard. Oh, right, right, right. Because yeah. you've already done like the, the big one. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. It just like decapitating and um what's the other word i'm looking for of dismembering mutilating mutilating bodies all of those ings decapitating torturing before yeah that's that's good that's a bad one to cross first none of that's good yeah no i don't get it so they find him and the weird thing is is they find his body like kind of wrapped in like towels in a way to keep the blood from going flowing because it was kind of the way i imagine it in my brain is that the garage kind of slopes down a bit out to the driveway to go out so they didn't want it to go under the garage door so they like purposely thought that through blocked off the blood so that basically what the theory is that they just wanted it to go unnoticed for as long as possible that's fucked up yeah what the hell because like i mean you'd think about it like they're just, like, an old couple, like, hanging out yeah. at home, like... Maybe people wouldn't check on them. Maybe, like, it's not that crazy to... banking on somebody not checking, for Yeah, some. for a while. Like, it's not like... You mm-hmm. don't call your neighbor every day. Right. So, 
basically they just wanted to go unnoticed for as long as they could. Yeah. They literally, they blocked off the blood. Like, that's like, you thought about that. Premeditated for Before sure. you cut off the head, because like, you would assume the blood would just go. Would, in my opinion, I feel like you'd want to block it off first, even mm-hmm. maybe, before even, yeah. What the fuck? So, it's kind of weird, because they, they didn't notice like, any forced entry. Yeah. Or any like, noticeable signs that there was a struggle really or anything like that um the only this this part hurt me a little bit the only thing that they felt that they found that was like disturbed quote whatever was the unfinished crossword puzzle stop and their unmade bed stop my heart yeah but the the not the next thing speaking of shirley where is she Dead. We don't know. Wait, what? She's missing. Still? She's missing. Still? Yeah, we don't know where she is. Well, that's... Okay. You're getting ahead of me. Sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. <laughs> so, at this point, when they find Russell... She's not Shirley's there. gone. She's not in the Shirley's home. missing. And, like, some people... Like, I'm sorry, but, like, to jump this far ahead... But, like, right off the bat, some people were thinking that Shirley had something to do with it. Then I'm sorry. This old woman? Okay, but, like, did, have I even told you how old they are? Russell's 88. Shirley's 87. You think she she decapitated her husband? She's 87. Get the hell out of here. Like, she probably needs help getting out of the shower. Like, she doesn't... People have some weird theories. She can't do that to her husband. (laughs) She can't cut off her husband's head. No, she can't. She can't. Like... No fucking way. And, like, maneuver a dead body like that and, like, stop the blood flow and... I call bullshit on that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Because same. And, I mean... We know that that's false now because right. 10 days later, her body was found in the lake. In the lake? In the lake. How did she die? Um, blunt force trauma to the head. Hell. And it was gruesome. Really? It was. It was so bad that her, like, skull was all kind of broken and, like, <gasps> like it was, like, someone whacked her for a real one. Like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. They did, though. <laughs> but they That's did. true. They, like... They did whack her for a real one. She got... Got. Like... That's they, horrible. And then they tied her ankles to cement blocks. What? And they placed her six miles away from her home in the lake. Okay, this is, like, the most premeditated thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Like, where'd you even get the blocks? Like, who has blocks? Yeah, they, they found it near the pool. Like, no. Yeah, that's fucking They up. would notice the missing blocks from the pool. You know? Literally. So, they... This person had to have thought about this, you'd think. Yeah. But let me let me get you another weird thing they found. So within investigating, like, they, I think it's weird because typically, and maybe I'm wrong, but I want to say that usually, like, when there's, like, a double murder or, like, a family yeah. murder, like, usually it's, like, the same way, right? Yeah. Like, you would say, like, somebody came and shot everyone. Yeah. Someone came in and, like, stabbed everyone. Yeah, it's not, like, but, a different, like, uh, cause of death yeah. per person. Yeah, usually it's, like, that this sounds... is what they brought, this is their plan, this is their weapon, this is what they're gonna do with it. Can I guess your opinion on this? Sure, I don't want to be able to tell you anything. Okay. <laughs> I don't know the answers. It sounds like maybe two people, then. Oh, okay, so, yeah. In my notes, I even have written that investigators okay. assume that it was more than one person. Because, because... Um, they end up looking into some shit, and they find out that Russell has, um, gun residue, gunpowder residue, on his shirt. 
So oh, he was he... shot. What? Or at least shot at. Shot at. But their theory, which can never be proven because the head is still missing. Okay, I'm sorry, what? Nobody has ever found his head. That sounds like a trophy killing then, like. Just you wait, just you wait. Okay, so his head was never found. Mm -hmm. But people think that maybe he was shot and they took the head because it had the bullet in it. Oh, evidence. And they don't want it to trace back to any certain thing, you know. That's fair, that's fair. Um... Ooh, your grandma just texted and said, or did he shoot? Maybe shoot did himself? Did he shoot them? Or, or shoot at them, maybe. Yeah. But I don't think they had any evidence of him having a gun. Oh, okay. Or having, like, I feel like that would be noted, you know? Yeah, like his gun's gone. Like, his gun's gone. His, fam- his, his son would say, oh, yeah, he has a gun. gun. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Or if his gun was in the home, they would be able to say, like, I mean, gun, huh. gunshot residue, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, um... Interesting. Yeah, so he had gunshot residue on his shirt, and his head was missing. No bullets or anything, but obviously. They, that's why they assume the bullet's in his head, because mm. there's no bullet found. That would make more sense, and, I mean, the decapitation is still fucking disgusting, but it's not like... Because to me, when I like, hear why something would you do like, that? like a decapitation, you think of... Um, They're getting something out of that. You're trying to... It's a crime of passion. You're mm-hmm. trying to... Like, when you dismember somebody, it's because it feels like they think that they're nothing. They're nobody. They're trying to make a yeah. point that they're worthless. Or there's a reason they're doing it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And to me, if that's if the it's case, to save themselves that by keeping the sense. evidence. Yeah. It's not quite as, I mean, it's still fucking disgusting, but it's not. However. Okay. Um, they determined by the way that his head was cut that it was done by somebody who knew what they were doing. Butcher, dentist, hunters, hunters. Could have been a hunter. Surgeons. Well, um, that's it. (laughs) Um, That's all we know. For the whole case? Yeah. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did they investigate the family? Yeah. They all took polygraphs, and all the kids passed flying colors. Like, they don't know. Um, one of the last people to talk to them was their kid, one of their sons, because I think they have, like, three sons and a daughter, something like that. Yeah. And they talked to him a couple days before, and all they had said was that they were going to go to that derby that they never showed up to. So I want to guess that they obviously were dead before the derby. Yeah. So they were a couple days, you know. Um, now the fun... Sorry, hi. <laughs> I just kicked your knee. <laughs> the, this is not going to... This is not fun, but the fun part... Is that we get to kind of pick what we think happened. Yeah, like, so, was it a family member? Seems unlikely. This is the, uh, this article I read, um, it was posted by the True Crime Times, which, that's Hell yeah. Cool. Like, subscribe me right now. Seriously. Um, they gave a list of, like, no, it's completely unsolved. Sorry, we just got a text from your grandma that asked if they don't know who solved it or why. Nope. Nope. Completely unsolved so cold that like that this is all we know all we know is that this old couple was living their lives like normal as per usual all of a sudden they stopped showing up to things stopped answering calls and then we found the husband dead decapitated in the garage and the wife was missing and then was later found in the lake killed from blunt force trauma what the fuck that's all that we know for sure. I'm upset about this. Same. It's it's one that, like, I need to know what happened 
or I might explode. It bugs me with this stuff because it's like, like I have no fucking concept of how hard this would be, but I'm like, how do we not know more? How do we not know? Yeah. But we don't. We, there's don't. just no way to know. But I want. Because they they couldn't find any anything in the home linking them to anyone. Like no DNA, nothing. No fingerprints, no DNA, no f- nothing. Well, if they were smarts or wrong, not the right word to use, but if they knew better in terms of being caught enough to like decapitate him because of the bullet, then they probably wiped up all their fucking fingerprints. They probably were very careful. Well, and they what? knew to think to block the blood from dripping out the door. They yes. knew like what's the fucking motive? They came prepared with cement blocks for the ankles to be tied down. That sounds a little bit to me like murder for hire, in my opinion. So, this person that wrote this article came up with a list of theories, like, compiled of all the, like, there's a lot of theories on Reddit, just, like, word of mouth kind of theories, obviously all over the internet. Yeah. Um, here's basically just a list of them. Okay, so I'm ready. Up first, we've got spur of the moment. Somebody was there. And they just wanted to kill someone. And this is what they did. Seems unlikely in my opinion. Literally my notes say probably the least likely. Yeah, that seems likely. Because who just like like what, they're gonna knock on their door and then take this old couple hostage for what? Yeah, what's for funsies? There's no motive there. Like there's more to be lost than there is to be gained, in my opinion. Right. Like it's just not plausible to me that that is what happened. But that is a running theory out there, is that they just, they were kind of, like, in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like, hmm. somebody just wanted to do it, and they did it. Yeah. Um, i scratch that one out of my brain, because yeah. I don't like it. Here's another one. Okay. Their money. That would so, have to be family, then, though. I mean, not necessarily. But it was it's anything a missing? Neighborhood. But, yeah, nothing was missing. But maybe it was, like, a robbery gone wrong. But then it's, like... At least take something. You already took their yeah, lives. I feel like take something with it. Okay, you know? but robbery gone wrong, but you took a bow out to the lake, you tied her up to yeah. cinder blocks. Like... I mean, but they are worth like one point five million dollars. Like their net worth. And then they have like things to show for it. Like maybe they were intending on stealing something and then they just like couldn't finish the job. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I guess maybe. That seems pretty unlikely in my opinion, too. I mean, they, I'm not gonna lie, all of these are unlikely. Too. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Every single one of them, I'm like, yeah, but probably not. I mean, maybe, but probably not. I genuinely think it's family. You think? Yes, 100%. So, on that, uh, on that note, a lot of people want to, I don't, I was gonna say fantasize, that's not the right word. Um, theorize. theorize. That's the word. Um, about that it it stems from Mark's murder, their son, oh. over the drugs. Maybe it was like a money issue. Maybe they were still mad. Maybe but he owed them money and he still didn't pay, so how would they get the money then? Nothing was missing. But his murderer is in prison at the time. Oh. So probably not, unless it was like gang-related drug use. And even and, then... And it wasn't even in the same city. Like, I, I, I want to say that the... This this might not be right, but I want to say that his um, murder happened in, in a like, different Atlanta place. or something, and yeah. this is in a different like area of the state. Like you wouldn't think you'd drive all the way out to this dude's parents' lake and house not, and then not take anything. Yeah, to me, anything burglary, robbery, anything that's almost that's off. off the table. Yeah, the only thing that's on the table is what was in the will, who was going to get it, how much money was involved, 
And which family members was it going to? Yeah. And passing the polygraph doesn't mean jack shit because that's why polygraphs aren't admissible in court is because they're not accurate. Because they're not reliable. Yeah. So I'm like, hmm. Yeah. So now we're going to kind of like whoop off to the side to some wacky theories. Okay. I'm ready. This one, I don't think it's true, but it's kind of entertaining. Right. It's, um, the mafia. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so... Maybe they were betting. Maybe My were... problem is with that is, like, if it was the mafia, that's a lot of fucking work to just... For what? For what? stolen. So, some people theorize that Russell was involved in the mafia. Which, I don't know where they get that information or where they get that idea. Yeah, like, maybe it's from a real place. Maybe it's just Okay, but this fantasy. dude owned Hardee's. He's not... So, um, he's in, he's religious, he, which doesn't necessarily mean anything. You could yeah. be religious and what still What religion were they, do you know? I don't know. But it, they were, I think it was Catholic. Catholic. Okay, I was gonna say, isn't the mafia Catholic? Oh. <laughs> I think well, they are. So, I mean, I don't know, I feel like, yeah, and, like, again, your grandma texted another good point. <laughs> Thanks, grandma. We should bring her on for a special guest. That'd be She'd fun. Be so good. She needs to come to She Utah. said, um, 88 and 87, and they're in the mafia. Like, mm, right. True. Like, but the mafia is old now, isn't it? I know, but, like, can you imagine, like, you're at the age you want to hang out, play golf, take your nap at three, and then... Maybe they're... Dinner hey, at four. Maybe they're bored of being old. Maybe they... Uh, maybe. Maybe I am just, like, not giving them enough credit. Maybe they are well enough to be in the mafia. I don't know. Hmm. But mm-hmm, either yeah. way, like... I don't know. It's far-fetched as fuck. It's just silly. It seems silly. But... And if it's... But, like, another... Like, a reason that people point to for it being the mafia is because his head's missing, and it's, like, the proof of the kill, you know? Oh, true, because it has to be, like, proven and shit like that. Yeah. So, I kind of see it, but it's also, like... It's just so... The, okay, if everyone that was decapitated was the mafia, like... Not that this is a regular occurrence, but, like... It is, like, it is. It does happen, though. It happens. And I they're not all mafia-related. feel like... I was gonna say something I don't remember. Hmm. Oh, Me too, oh, I feel that. <laughs> I know. I feel, I feel like, um, they say, like, what is it? Not Murphy's Law, but there's another one that is the most obvious answer is probably the correct answer. And so it's, like... That's definitely not, not the most it. obvious. No. That, to me, the most obvious is when it comes to murder, you start small. What's small? Close. Family. Yeah, you go close and then you expand. And so the most obvious thing is this is somehow family related. But. Yeah. And people, even with that, like, they kind of spiral on the fact that... Oh, I blocked your iPad. Oh, they spiral on the fact that Mark, their son, was killed in the um, drug deal. Yeah. And they think maybe it had to do with the drug cartel. Maybe he was using deeper than they thought. Maybe they were trying, they but they would no. take something. Yeah, there's no fucking way. You would need monetary You wouldn't fucking. just, like, take their lives and be like, ha, we got the guy that we already killed's parents. Like, you think- For nothing, and now we have a even worse criminal record, and now we're gonna- yeah. Like, I Double homicide, that, like-, like the, It would end at killing him. This is you really, know? like, not nice to say either, but I feel like- petty drugs and stuff like that like cocaine can be pushed in a way that's more than just petty obviously but to me it's like for this to be so premeditated and so well thought out 
this seems bigger than just petty criminals, right. drug dealers, it's... gangbangers. Like, this is, like, to me, the towels and the getting rid of the evidence and the no fingerprints and no and DNA. This, this is, is bigger than that. This is what I struggle with is, so, I don't know how to say this in, like, a, a way that I feel like other people will understand, but I feel like it's kind of shitty for people to bring it back to the sun and it's like he's not even here to defend himself yeah he's not here to defend himself and like also just because he did drugs like sure, it was cocaine like look at the 80s like didn't like, everyone fucking do cocaine i like, mean maybe i don't know i wasn't there but like, like that's such a that's like in my opinion from my experience that feels like such a not it's just like huge i mean it's not like meth it's not yeah. like heroin it's not like and even even, even if, if, it if it was, like, to blame, to bring it back to that, just because that's, like... Because it's easy. It's the, the... What I'm trying to get at is kind of, like, cheap. It's their, like, dirty secret of the family. Yeah. To point it all at that seems kind of, like, mm. ridiculous. Like, just because their son made a mistake in some of the choices he made... Does mean not it. mean that he's the reason they were murdered. Yeah, I viciously agree. and like Violently, terribly. Yeah, like that's you have like no way of proving that. And for that's you to assume that because that's the only black mark on their whole life record that you can find, but that's that it. that's where it came from. Is just seems silly. That's yeah, that's stupid. That can't be it. Like, I'm sorry, but like if you had to trace their entire life and like that's their worst thing that they've experienced that doesn't mean that that's a reason that doesn't mean that they were murdered welcome to like a third of probably families in america that somebody in the family's doing drugs somebody in the family that does not mean that that is why they were killed no but that's where a lot of theories go to like the drug cartel or the because of the person was mad about this and that. I'm like, okay, I feel like it's completely separate. This is so kind of unrelated, but also related. <laughs> I was listening. What the fuck was I listening to? I think it was maybe a podcast or a Dateline episode or something. But either way, it was his family and somebody broke into the home and they sounded the the kid who lives through this. He was like 17 or 18 or something. And he said they sounded like they were African-Americans. It sounded gang-related, but he didn't know, but that they broke into his house. They beat the shit out of the entire family. They murdered everyone except him. They made some weird comments to him that said, like, we know your circumstances, so we're going to leave you. Like, some cryptic-ass shit. And then they left. He's the only survivor, so obviously the police started looking at him. And they made this fucking statement about how they looked, they had to look at him so hard because he smoked marijuana. Oh my lord. And, and literally the listening to these police officers talk about it, like they were like, who knows the crowd he was with? You don't know those people. And you don't know if he's capable of that, what else is he capable of? And it literally goes to trial because they find like other I don't remember the whole story they find other suspects or whatever that they end up pressing charges against and their whole defense was that it could have been the son because of the marijuana and that they found they found drug paraphernalia in his room which was which was it was a a bowl and they said that they found aluminum foil with drug remnants in it and I was like (laughs) 
come to my house and kill my husband. <laughs> like, what? Like, what the fuck? Does that mean I, like, I get cast a lot? And like, they literally felt like he had had his entire family murdered, and they were, their defense was banking this on the fact that he smoked marijuana, and I'm like, really? To me, that's, like, so that's similar. Like, pretty similar, yeah. You're trying to bank this whole Like, sure, cocaine is, like, a little bit harsher than marijuana. But still. But you should not... And he was dead at the time, and his family, like, like the person who killed him was in jail. Like, I don't, I can't tie them together. No. But everyone, I feel like everyone that I like, everything I've researched, everything I've heard about this Points case, everyone somehow. wants to bring it up to the sun, and I just think that that's stupid. And mm-hmm. I just wanted everyone to know that I think that's dumb. I think it could be a different family member, but I really do. Which one? Don't know. Because they're like not even really brought up because they all just like. Pass their Passed shit. off, yeah. Um, what year did this happen? It's 14, 2014. Damn. Yeah. So, another um, theory, you kind of started to mention it, but I, I, I pulled back so that we could talk about it in full. Gambling. Oh, like bookkeeping and shit. Hell yeah, with the so horse racing. People are like wondering maybe he was betting on the horse race. Mm. and they didn't want him to win that between inside and the family somehow mm-hmm. not that son but someone in the family and bookkeeping and betting and guess what what the morning of the derby he was seen at the bank getting out that money oh shit he so that he was betting in some regard but people argue that maybe he wasn't he was just at the bank because people go to the bank but yeah. that he wouldn't bet because he's religious. And I'm like, that doesn't mean shit. That doesn't mean jack shit. The mafia is Catholic too. And <laughs> look at that. Okay, first of all, technically, I would to baptized. me, <laughs> if he went to the he went to the bank, bank that morning. What if he had money on him? And what if that's what was stolen? I don't know. I feel like they would have noted that. You know, somewhere so, maybe. Yeah, like pulling bank records and then where to go, what he spent. Then also, on. how do you prove that he didn't give to somebody here? Yeah, you don't know. Mm. But then you probably would search to, like, who he had seen. Did he give you the money? You know? I need to talk to the police officer. You know, can, can we have a discussion in uh, Detective Sills, please? Can we, can we talk? So, yeah. That one seems more likely than the son story to me. And I'm, I think I'm on the same page with you. It has to be a relative or the, the money for the derby. Yeah. But people don't want to believe the derby one because they want to believe that they would be against gambling. No, but I don't think anyone really You don't know what people do in their private life, even if you think you do. You don't. You don't. And maybe they're just doing it for funsies. Like, they have extra money to spare. Yeah, it doesn't have to be this big, huge ordeal. Like, they obviously are wealthy, so it's not like it would be such a huge deal. Loss or, like, okay darn. Like, you know, I mean, it's just for funsies. What else was it going to go towards? Like, yeah. A vacation, like, when you're that old, I feel like. And you're already basically living on a vacation at that house. That's true. I don't know. Hmm. But there's a couple more theories. Okay, if I'm you're ready. ready. I'm ready. Okay. Next one. I titled this one, Local Hoodlum. Ooh. So, Unlikely. there was a local hoodlum at the time that they were killed. Um, so, shortly after they were killed, this man was arrested. Um, his name is Ryan Oliver Glenn. And maybe I shouldn't share that because he probably isn't guilty. Just sound that out. But it's probably all over the news anyways, yeah, right? Like the articles. Mm-hmm. So he was arrested in September of 15. So 
a little over a year after they were mm-hmm. killed for so at the time he was living with his dad that lived in that community okay and so he was in the gated so community. he was there which is important with to access. note because i don't know if i went into enough detail in the beginning but the home that they're at you cannot get into it unless you go into the gate yeah and they have like video and record of people who go in and out of the gate yeah and there's no record of any weird random people going in and out that night so the only way somebody could have gotten to that home is by boat yeah boat or it's somebody who already was in there or yeah or was already there normal so it it just seems everything seems wrong but with this one it kind of can fit because he was already living there. Yeah. And he had he, access. Most people that live there, you want to assume like it's like a quiet community. He was not a quiet guy. Gotcha. So he was arrested for going around and slashing dozens of tires and carrying a, quote, big knife. Interesting. Which, I mean, would probably Maybe. take a big knife to cut off a head. Just That's saying. True. Um. But, and he wasn't arrested at the time they were murdered. Like, he was still living there and, like. Yeah. But even then, I'm like. That seems for what? Far-fetched. The motive is so important. And to me, that's not a motive. There's Mm -hmm. no motive there. Because he didn't steal anything. No. He's just slashing tires, not. That's violent. (laughs) You know. You need to have, like, a violent history, History, I feel like. You would think. Not always, but. Most of the time, yeah. If you're a hoodlum. A hoodlum. Yeah. Um, and this one, I think, is the most interesting. So, I still don't think it's likely, but I thought it was kind of cool. Um, there was a similar case that some people like to tie together, but authorities have not tied them together. Yeah. So, in 2005, November 9th, and I'm just going to read this from here just so it's the most accurate. Yeah. So it's a couple, an old couple, Lois Colley, who was 83, um, her and her husband, which I don't know if it even says his name right here, but, oh, Eugene, um, they were rich old people, hmm. and they were basically killed in a violent way. They were murdered. The murder weapon? Bet you can't guess what it is. Tell me. A fire extinguisher. What? Yeah. Weird, right? Were they beaten with it or something? That's what I'm assuming. Um, So basically, it was very similar. It was old couples in a gated community. No real motive is known. And they were, like, violently killed. And nothing was taken from the home. And you want to know the weirder part? What? So, we talked about how um, Russell owned Hardee's, uh, like, multiple Hardee's franchises. Yeah. The Eugene Colley from this case, he owned multiple McDonald's. Like, what? multiple fast food restaurants. So, it's kind of just weird. Like, people try to, like, connect that together. And technically, the guy that killed them was not yet arrested yeah. at the time of their murder. So, I mean, it's possible, but I feel like it's unlikely. Where, uh, New York. Geographic. Oh, yeah. New no, York. No, no, no. So, it's not going to happen. But they're very similar, and people want to tie them together, but yeah. it's probably not real. That case is fucking crazy. So, you pick what you think happened. 
I think you are probably right in that it's a family member that wants something from the will. I think that polygraph is just a fluke. Yeah, I think it's a fluke. I think it's happened before. It'll happen again. People can fail. People can pass. I feel like it's almost... So my two theories are definitely family-related. Will, money. Mm -hmm. They were sick of waiting for mom and dad to die. They want that fucking money. Like, seriously, I feel like that's got to be one of the motives. The other motive, I think, is the derby. Yeah, maybe there's three then. The derby, the money, something money-related. He was going to win. Somebody said, fuck you. Like... Maybe he even, like, made a bet and someone overheard it and was like, oh, you got that kind of money? Yeah. If he's ready to go on Saturday, I'll get there Saturday morning. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, maybe somebody overheard a conversation yeah, that and sense. felt like, oh, well, if he's going to come with that bet, he's going to come to the, the money with that money. I'll just get him at the house before, before he, he gets goes, there. Yeah. And then trying to play it off as long as possible. Because technically we don't know whether or not the money was found that he- or if there was money, like, you went to the bank, and then, and then yeah. we don't know what happened after that. Maybe somebody else does, and I hope so, but... Yeah, we that's don't. true. So that's my other theory. The third theory would be not so much, like, random killing, but maybe more, like, there are people who just do sick, twisted things. And I, there was actually a murderer, or serial killer, I should say. I want to say it was in Australia. When I was researching cases, I was going to do one in Australia, and I found a serial killer... And he murdered elderly people. Oh. And so, to me, there's something along those lines of, like... Because they're almost... Not that they're, like, helpless, but they they have less yes, likely of a chance to fight back. Yes, precisely. Like, so, it's easier to take control of the situation or whatever you're doing. And I feel like in that scenario, even if you couldn't get in through the gated community, community through the front gate, you could hop the fence, you could run through yards. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure... Sneaky. They say that the boat is the only way, but I'm sure you can get around it somehow. Yeah, like, I'm sure you could walk through, like, the beach. The beach isn't yeah. going to be fenced off. Okay, Siri. Yeah, so that's kind of where I'm leaning. That's fucked up, though. So, I just am going to let you dwell, everyone, on yeah. what you think happened, but that one just, like... That's the case that bugs you to yeah, say, right? Yeah, it bothers me so bad, because, like, what if, like, this is maybe a stretch, but, like, I think about, like, what if you were one of the kids... And like the, assuming you didn't do it. Yeah. And you have to explain to your kids, like, their grandkids, grandma and grandpa aren't alive anymore, and we don't know why, and this is what happened to grandpa. Yeah. Like, grandma was drowning in the lake, and grandpa got his head cut off, and we don't know where it is. That's Like, so... how do you say that? Ugh. And, like... Those cases that are unresolved, like, that's why it's so especially hard Especially when they're do... so, like, yes. gruesome. You know the one that bugs me the most, not to change subjects, Go but... Ahead. Remember that story? I think Crime Junkie covered it. And I think I've heard it talked about in My Favorite Murder, but I might be making that up. But the story of the girl, she was like five, and she mm. packed a bag, and then she left oh, her house. Oh, I know what you're talking about, yeah. And then she walked around. And somebody life. saw her on the freeway and didn't Lots do anything. People. Like three different witnesses. Yeah, they didn't her. do anything until after. Maybe we'll cover that case. That's I won't a good share one. too much because that's such a good case, but... That is one exact I think example. about that one sometimes, too. I think about it a lot. Often when Amber Alerts go when off, I'm, I'm like, dr- mm. Yes. Amber Alerts, when they go off, I literally, every time I see one, I'm like, okay, it's a blue Honda Civic. And then I'm like, okay, blue. Did you get the one the other day? Yeah. That literally, I literally was, I said literally so many times on that. I'm sorry. But I got that Amber Alert when I was on break at work, and I was sitting in my car, 
and I saw it, and I clicked on the link, and it was a baby. Oh, it was a baby, and one she was she was last seen in a pink bunny onesie. Jesus. And I literally was in my car, and I was just like, "Oh God, keep it together, keep it together, Jenna. It's okay, it's okay." But they found her. She's good. Oh, they did. Yeah, thank God. So they dropped her off on the porch of somebody's house because they, I guess, they tried stealing the car while the mom had ran inside or something. And they dropped the off in the, there. Yeah, the baby was in the car, and they dropped the baby off on some rando's porch, and what it was turned fuck? into the police. That reminds me of the case. Oh, there's so many cases I want to. We're just gonna out. talk about all of them. We're gonna just spiral forever. We always will. We, yeah, we should. I need to add more. T- I keep like coming up with cases in my head that I want to talk about and share because I don't know if people know them and they need to. Yeah. But then I don't add them to the list, and then I forget I know I forget until I think about them again. And, and my problem like, is with the list is. A lot of times I remember the scenario and, like, how I felt when I heard it, but I don't remember the names, the dates, yes. the people, the places, and so I'm not going to add to because for anyone listening, we have, like, a running list of, like, ones that we want to cover, like, and that we ones have that we have, covered. who suggested it, like, we keep notes on everything like that, and I always want to put stuff on the list, but I don't want to put stuff like, lady who got killed was... <laughs> sad made me feel like i should call my mother like, like yeah how do you put that specifically on i have list? so <laughs> many vague memories of dateline episodes mm-hmm. like i have this one dateline that i want to do that was like it involved friends like little <sighs> girls high school girls and it's just vague in my mind but i don't remember the name of it and it's just so many like that like i have so many dateline episodes where it was the boyfriend and Dateline, I'm just a sucker for that classic. Like, it's so obvious what yeah. happened, but you hear it, and then just knowing it's just so good still. You're like, you're I like, have what? a problem with um, making, like, confusing real stories I've heard with, other. with like, fictional <laughs> yeah. stories. Yeah. And so, I'm like, oh, I want to tell more about the guy who robbed the bank, and then, and then, Shot the queen. Like, and then wait, I'm like, wait, that, that's CSI. That, yeah, that didn't happen. That wasn't real. <laughs> Shot the queen. Yeah, like, that didn't happen at all. Uh, well, we want to thank everybody for listening to us ramble. It's been a long one. It's been a it's good been one. It's been a long one. We're sorry for the technical difficulties for our Patreon subscribers. If you guys want to support us, you can share our Patreon page. You can share literally anything we post because it's so incredibly helpful to us. Um, we love We it. love you everybody we love you you guys are awesome yes you specifically (laughs) thank you for our spotify listeners for all of our listeners in the uk we just had some listeners from belgium from ireland we had some from new zealand and our at home usa and our in-house united states please keep it together during these trying times (laughs) yes keep looking for updates on the election um you can follow us on twitter at bt crimes you can follow us on instagram it's at between the crimes i'm pretty sure our facebook is facebook.com slash between the crimes and then last but not least is we get um a lot of support on patreon it helps us so much we want this to become a more professional podcast you can support that at patreon.com slash between the crimes and yeah hell yeah pretty much thanks everybody Thank you. Thank you. And you. And you. And stay between the crimes. I try to come up with a logo. I like that a lot. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye.